This is The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. Going plant-based as a runner can be really simple, or it can be a confusing, frustrating struggle of boring salads and tasteless tofu. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to give up flavor or fun as a plant-based runner, and you can get all the nutrients you need deliciously. And today, we're going to explore exactly how. Welcome to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. On today's show, I'm joined by Amy Katz from Veggies Save the Day. She creates delicious plant-based meals and snacks, and she's run 40 marathons. You'll learn some great ideas for meals and snacks for hungry runners, simple ways to add flavor and depth to your food, and you don't have to spend a lot of money or a lot of time getting the quality nutrients you need. If you need more help running your best or want to know the basics of plant-based nutrition, you can order my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, wherever you get your books or request a copy from your local library. Or you can enter to win a copy for free just by writing an Apple Podcasts review. I choose a new winner every month. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way to the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. And now here's my conversation with Amy Katz. Welcome to The Planted Runner, Amy. Thanks so much for having me, Claire. Well, we are here mostly to talk about food, but I have got to ask you about the 40 marathons that you have run. Tell me about your marathon journey. 40 marathons is a lot. Yes, it is a lot. I have to say it's a lot. Um, well, it's kind of funny because when I was a kid, I was not into sports at all. Mm -hmm. And my mom used to joke that she couldn't even get me to ride my big wheel. So <laughs> I was not into, you know, sweating or getting exercise or anything. And um, I, I started a little bit like in college and in my early 20s, just, you know, kind of jogging for exercise. Um, but what really got me interested in running is when a coworker told me about the team and training program to train mm -hmm. for a marathon with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And she had signed up for it and they were going to go to Cozumel, Mexico Ooh. to run a marathon. Yeah. And so in my mind, I thought, oh, a trip to Mexico. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sign me up. It's a great cause. You know, sure, I can fundraise and oh, I'm sure I can run a marathon. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so meanwhile, um, she ended up dropping out of the program, mm. but I stayed with it and I really got 
you know, kind of hooked on running. And I Mm -hmm. loved the whole group aspect of it. You know, we had a coach that um, trained us, you know, from most of us were complete novices. And he, you know, taught us everything we needed to know about not only running, but about what shoes to wear and what to eat and how to drink and all of that. And I just loved it so much. And I will say, though, Running a marathon in Mexico was mm. not the greatest idea. <laughs> I bet. I bet. It was it was so hot and humid and I actually ended up in the hospital afterwards. Oh but my gosh. I, I yes, I did finish, but um everyone was so worried about drinking enough water on the course that a lot of us drink too much oh, and no. depleted all of our electrolytes. So I got um hyponotremia. But um, fortunately, I was just there, um, you know, until they could get my electrolyte balance fixed. And then I was released that night. So it was all in all still a good experience. And I actually signed up for my next marathon as soon as I got home. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You end up in the hospital and then you go ahead and run 39 more. I mean, you're you're born and bred marathoner. (laughs) Yeah, apparently, apparently. Yeah, but at the time, you know, I kind of thought the the goal was to finish a marathon. I really had no concept of time and I didn't know that people actually trained to get to run them faster. I mm. thought the whole point was just to finish it. But um after I did a few of them, I kind of got that bug to get faster and then like a lot of people, um qualifying for Boston was on my horizon and so I really stepped up my training and you know I I thought more strategically about where I'm going to run the race not just where I want to go on vacation right right (laughs) right so you know so then eventually I did qualify and I um, was fortunate enough to run Boston six times which was really amazing wow that is awesome and were you plant-based the whole time because you are veggie save the day and we are going to talk all about plants and delicious plant-based food, but were you plant-based when you started running? No, I wasn't actually. Um, I had given up eating um, red meat and um, dairy when I was a teenager. Um, Dairy because I was lactose intolerant Mm. um, and red meat just because um, I think a lot of like teenagers, that's kind of a thing like where they decide, you know, they no longer like it, like maybe the look or the smell of it. Um, but I still did eat, um, some poultry and fish. Um, but I did, you know, always eat a lot of plants, but, you know, I definitely was not, um, vegetarian or vegan at that time. Um, and I actually, once I decided that I wanted to become vegan, I actually asked a friend of mine who is an excellent runner. Um, Her name's Annette. So shout out to Annette. She (laughs) guided me and how I could still run marathons while being vegan and only eating plants. And, you know, yeah, so that helped a lot. I think having a community where you have people that that support you along your journey, I think helps a lot. 
Yeah. yeah, that can be a challenge, though, you know, if you're really whole foods, plant based and, you know, most of the time you got to eat a lot of broccoli, you know, yeah. <laughs> to, to really get enough calories. I mean, forget about the macro. Uh, you know, if you're eating a lot of fibrous, bulky, um, you know, cal- not calorie dense foods, it's going to be a lot of volume. And I think that's where some people struggle, would you say? Yeah, that's absolutely true. But if you're someone who enjoys food, and especially if you like to cook or, you know, you're adventurous in the kitchen, I think it's it's pretty easy because there are a lot of foods that are plant-based that are really filling, um, you know, especially if you look at a lot of the grains and, mm-hmm. you know, and beans and lentils, you know, those will fill you up. So, you know, maybe you're not eating just, you know, a leafy green salad every day. Um, and that's it. You know, I think you need to actually have a wide variety of foods. And I think that's what makes it exciting too, because, you know, there's so many delicious foods out there and you can really experiment and try different things, you know, having like, um, a big bowl with like quinoa or brown rice and, you know, beans, like maybe black beans or chickpeas or lentils, and then adding, a lot of vegetables, like you can do roasted vegetables or steamed vegetables or raw vegetables. And then, you know, I think adding um, a sauce, you know, makes it exciting and more delicious. And, you know, that's another way to get enough calories as well as adding sauces maybe made from things like cashews or tofu, um, you know, where they, they are really nutrient dense, but they also will keep you satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you mentioned a really good point, making it delicious. Um, that was definitely my mistake right from the beginning. I am plant-based because of my health and it really works for me. But at the beginning, I was just like, oh, I'm doing this for my health. So I need to be as healthy as possible. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, my family hated me for a while <laughs> because everything I made tasted like cardboard. So, so what are some tips and tricks? Um, for making sure it's delicious? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And I think that one easy way to do that is to look at different ethnic cuisines because a lot of different cuisines um, outside of, you know, the standard American diet are naturally um, plant-based or they're high in plants. So if you look at foods like Indian food, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the food is naturally vegetarian. And if you leave out like maybe the dairy yogurt or the ghee, and use um, like coconut yogurt or cashew yogurt and olive oil or coke or uh, avocado oil, you know, then it's going to be naturally plant-based and super flavorful. I mean, I think the key in, in really any cuisine is using a lot of herbs and spices. So whether that's Indian or maybe, you know, Thai or Chinese or Mediterranean, you know, they, all these cuisines, uh, use a lot of herbs and spices and they can be fresh or they can be dried. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't let the, you know, be intimidated by like, Oh, I got to buy all these fresh herbs. Now you really don't. If you just look in your spice cabinet, you probably have a lot of spices that are going to make your food extra flavorful. And it's just a matter of experimenting and 
maybe trying a new recipe like, you know, once or twice a month and seeing what you really like. And then you can add that into your routine. Mm-hmm. Love it. A lot A lot of people, I think, get overwhelmed, um, you know, especially when they get excited. Maybe they've watched a documentary or, you know, read an article and they're like, I want to try being more plant-based. And then they're just like, uh, what do I do? And, you know, they just basically take away (laughs) the, the animal protein on their plate and they're left with, you know, rice and salad. And then they're just like, what do I do? Like, so what are some of the first steps right at the beginning that you can do when you get really excited about plant-based? Sure. I think that um, one of the best things that you can do is look at what are the foods that you normally eat and see how you can make those plant-based. So if you normally eat pasta, maybe you used a meat sauce, think about how you can make that pasta, but instead of the meat sauce, use something else. Like you can use um, any of the plant-based substitutes that are on the market these days, uh, or you can make your own using like lentils or beans or um, walnuts make a great meat Mm -hmm. replacement so you can you can use that Um, so I think starting where you are is the best thing to do because that way you won't get overwhelmed and you can still enjoy those flavors and dishes that you're used to but just put them in a you know in a veggie slant if if, you know so to speak just think of them in a different perspective but it's still the same foods that you like like if you like pizza you know you can make a plant-based pizza if you like you know stir fry then just leave out, you know, the chicken or the meat and use tofu or you can use beans. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's just so many different ways that you can take the foods that you're used to and make them plant-based. Great, great. I, I think... I- I think a lot of people are looking for shortcuts and not in a bad way. It's just, we have busy lives. You know, we have, have our running, we have our jobs, we have our kids, we have our spouses, we have all these things in our life and coming home after work and preparing this healthy plant-based dinner that I've got to chop and do all this stuff can be really overwhelming. Do you have any tips for, you know, weeknight meals that are just easier? Sure. Um, I would say if you want to have, you know, an easy but nutritious weeknight meal, the one thing you can do is plan it around a grain, a bean and a green. So -hmm. that's kind of a classic combination and grains you can cook ahead of time so that you can enjoy them during the week, Um, especially if you have like an instant pot. But even if you're doing them on the stove, you can make a big batch of rice or quinoa or, you know, any of your favorite grains and you can store those in the refrigerator and then they just reheat really well. And then for, you know, beans, you can either buy like canned beans. You can buy tofu, tempeh, um, you know, you can prepare them from scratch over the weekend. So you have a batch, they freeze really well. Um, And then, you know, for your greens, it doesn't literally have to be a green, but any kind of vegetable that you like, 
You can, you know, go um, to the farmer's market or your supermarket on the weekend and come home, clean up those veggies and they're ready to go when you need them. So you can put together a meal that's quick and easy. And then, like I was mentioning before, I think the key for making it flavorful is to think about how can you dress it up with a simple sauce? Um, you can use anything from like a bottled salsa or you mm. can make guacamole is so fast, you know, just mash up a an avocado and add some seasoning to it. Um, you know, anything like that is going to make your dishes more flavorful and then you look forward to enjoying them. So you don't need to make it complicated, like following an elaborate recipe during the week. You can just start with these basic things and just turn them into different combinations. When you're a busy runner, it's not easy to get in all the running and training you need. On top of that, planning and preparing all the nutritious meals and snacks required to fuel you as an athlete can become an extra burden. So make it simpler on yourself and just make a shake after your workouts with the highest quality plant-based protein powder you can buy, Nurify by Prevenix. But don't just take my word for it. I recommend Nurify to all my athletes, and here's what Julietta had to say about it. It's been a month since I bought Nurify, and I'm super satisfied. This protein powder is my way to go after every run, especially those days when I cannot have breakfast immediately after my workout. I use Nurify. No GI issues, and it keeps me full until my breakfast. Highly recommended. So if you are ready to finally and deliciously hit your protein numbers, head to Prevenex.com and use my code PR15 for 15% off your entire order. That's Prevenex.com, code PR15. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman. Before I get back to the conversation, if you're anything like me, you're always looking for a new podcast to binge on a run. 
I've just started listening to Hear Her Sports on the Evergreen Podcast Network. And if you love hearing about what makes some of the greatest athletes in the world tick, check it out. From runners like bronze medalist Molly Seidel to Olympic skiers and sailors, host Elizabeth Emery finds gems of wisdom that we all can relate to. Take a listen to Hear Her Sports and let me know what you think. Love it. Yeah. I, I think people have the com, uh, have the um, notion that plant-based means, you know, all we're eating is salads and smoothies. And and while we might be eating some of that some of the time, um, there, there are a lot of other options out there. So what would you say to people who just don't like salads? Sure, I get it. I mean, I'm one of those people that I like to have a big salad every day for lunch, but I know not everyone does. And, you know, there are just so many different foods that you can eat, like tacos. Like, I really love tacos. So Mm. I have tacos at least once a week. And, you know, you can mix up the different um different fillings and different toppings and just make it different every single time. So you really, you know, you don't have to eat salads and smoothies if that's not something you're into. You know, you can do all sorts of things. Sandwiches are great. You know, you get some like whole grain bread or sourdough is really healthy. And, you know, you can like even do something simple, like take some store-bought hummus, you know, spread it on thick on your bread and then load it up with veggies. Um, so, you know, there's, there's really a lot of options. It doesn't have to just be salads. Okay, great. So let's, let's look at a typical runner. Let's say I'm training for a marathon and it's long run day. If you were to plan out someone's day, someone's meals for that whole day, let's say I'm running 20 miles. Uh, Mm -hmm. what would that look like from start to finish? Oh, that's a great question. So, um, you know, I always like to start um, with something for breakfast before my run that's mm-hmm. easy to digest, um, but will still keep me satisfied for a few hours. So my personal favorite right now is overnight oats. Mm. So I can make that the night before and put it in the refrigerator so it's ready to go to eat before my run. So I just take some... Uh, rolled oats, you know, old fashioned oats, and I combine that with some chia seeds. And um, if you want to use a little sweetener, you can do maybe a drizzle of pure maple syrup, or you can use fresh fruit, um, even just a little bit of fruit preserves works really well. And then fill it up with your favorite plant based milk, you know, like soy or cashew or you know, oat, even though we're making overnight oats, if you want to do double oats, that's fine too. (laughs) You know, almond, any of your, your favorite plant milks, and then stir it up, cover it, put it in the refrigerator, and then it's ready to go in the morning. And you can even top it with some fresh fruit or like bananas or berries. That's great. Um, so that, you know, that will not only um, satisfy you before you run, but it also um, is very hydrating because the oats have absorbed all of that liquid. Um And then I would say, you know, an important thing is after your run to make sure that you start taking in calories as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're someone that's not, um, you know, doesn't have much of an appetite after you run, 
you can start with something easy like a smoothie because you're probably thirsty anyway, so that's easy to get down. Um, I like to do um, some uh, cut up watermelon. That's my favorite thing right after run because again, it's easy on your stomach. Like if you, you know, feel a little upset stomach after your run, it's, you know, especially if it's hot out. Um, Watermelon is very hydrating and studies show that it helps reduce uh, muscle inflammation. So that is good to have right away. And um, then personally, you know, I do like to have something a little balanced that has a good amount of carbohydrate, protein and fat. So you could do something like um, a tofu scramble um, mm. with some with some toast, um, you know, peanut butter's great. Um, or you can buy like the the just egg is is really nice for an egg mm-hmm. substitute because it's made from mung beans. So yeah. that is very high in protein. Um, so something like that, you know, maybe some potatoes on the side. Um, potatoes, you know, have not only protein, but of course it's good carbohydrate. And, you know, you're probably craving some salt. So, you know, seasoning that, um, that will help too. And then, you know, I'd say like later during the day, I, I do like to have something that has quite a quite a bit of vegetables. Um, you know, personally me, that's my big salad. Um, but whatever, you know, sounds good to you. If you want to have a sandwich or tacos, um, you know, maybe a stir fry, that's always nice. And, you know, basically just making sure that when you're hungry, you actually eat and eat enough Mm -hmm. food because, you know, the worst thing you can do after a long run is not eat enough. And then it's going to take longer for you to recover. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and on the subject of not eating enough, most runners, long distance runners, marathoners, half marathoners, most of us need to snack, you know, three meals Mm -hmm. a day is not going to cut it. Um, especially if you're going out and burning 2000 calories on, on a long run. So what are some of your favorite snacks that are quick and easy and delicious? Well, if I had to choose my favorite snack after a long run, it would have to be popcorn. Um, What I like to do, yeah, what I like to do is pop it on the stove in a little bit of olive oil um, or avocado oil is great too. And then I'll season it um, with, you know, some sea salt. Um, Nutritional yeast is great on popcorn for that cheesy flavor. Uh, But you could do different herbs like rosemary is great on popcorn. You could do like a little bit of uh, garlic powder or onion powder. Um, You can, you know, mix it up, try all different flavors. Even like a, like a curry blend is really good on popcorn. Yeah. Like I had that um, one time, it was actually an Indian chef who recommended it that I, I used like a little bit of spicy curry powder and then added a squeeze of lemon over the popcorn. And oh, it was delicious. It was one of the best treats that I've had. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think I've heard about that one. That sounds great. Uh, what, what would you say is your most popular uh, recipe on your website, on your blog? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I do have a lot of really quick and easy recipes, and most of them are inspired by a Mediterranean diet. So mm-hmm. one of my most popular, it, popular recipes 
is a Mediterranean yellow rice and it's made with turmeric for the yellow color and it has a subtle flavor and it's got a got some pine nuts in it and some fresh cilantro and that's a really nice side dish and you can also make that ahead um, and then I also have a recipe that's for a 15 minute pasta sauce that's made from a can of tomato paste Huh. So it's, it, yeah, it's really easy, super economical. And, you know, most of us have those little cans of tomato yeah. paste in our pantry just sitting there. So if you ever, you know, want to make a quick meal and you don't have a lot of groceries, it's a great recipe because, you know, it's, it's seasoned, it tastes great. It's like making your own marinara sauce, but from the little can of tomato paste. Oh, wow. That's that's good. Because, you know, one of the things that people complain about is, oh, I want to go plant based, but I think it's going to be really expensive. I need to buy everything organic, everything from the farmer's market, everything at Whole Foods or Whole Paycheck is what they call it. You know, <laughs> going going plant based is too expensive. So clearly it's not. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think when a lot of people hear that about it being expensive, it's because they're really looking at a lot of the plant-based meat and cheese alternatives, and those do tend to be pricey. Um, but if you're buying like a lot of whole foods, then, you know, you can go to your bulk bins at the store, you know, get your dried uh, beans and legumes and grains, um, oats, you know, all sorts of things are available for, you know, very little money in the bulk bins. And, and then, you know, as far as produce goes, you know, if you can buy organic, you know, that's my preference. But if you can't, I mean, look at like the, the, um, dirty dozen list and see what are some of the things that it doesn't matter if you buy organic or not. Like even like things like avocados, you know, you're not eating the outside of it. And mm -hmm. those are perfectly fine to buy conventional if you can't afford the organic or, you know, maybe those even aren't available where you live. So there are a lot of foods that you can, you can find at really low prices, you know, things like onions and garlic and potatoes, you know, those, those tend to be really good value or, you know, a lot of foods like, um, like a head of cabbage is tends to be mm. very inexpensive. And, you know, one head of cabbage can go a really long way. You know, you can turn it into like a salad, but you can also, uh, make it into a curry. You know, you can add some of the, the cabbage to different dishes that you're making, like your tacos. Um, so, you know, I think just, just a matter of looking at these ingredients and, you know, finding new ways to use them. And, you know, it really doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of cabbage, I think that's one of the most underrated vegetables out there. So I'm somebody, I like salads, but only in the summer. I cannot stand mm. eating anything cold in the winter. And so instead of a salad, what I do is I buy the big bags of the shredded coleslaw. So it's cabbage and carrots, basically. It's like $2 for a giant bag of it. And then I stir fry it with a little olive oil and garlic and salt. And, and that's the base of my salad salad, quote unquote, but it's warm instead of cold. So 
Yeah. Cabbage haters, I promise you, there is a way to make cabbage delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. And you know, you can even make like a roasted vegetable salad. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't have to do just the lettuce. You know, or for people who don't like lettuce, you know, I make a lot of salads that don't have lettuce. You know, that are mm. maybe like chickpeas, and you know, like I have another popular recipe on my site that's a mango chickpea salad, Ooh. and you just take the chickpeas and it's combined with chunks of mango and avocado and it's got like a little bit of seasoning um, from like some lime juice and a little bit of cumin and a dash of hot pepper Um, and it's like you know and some red onion and it's really simple but it is so incredibly flavorful and you know that so you you don't have to have lettuce if you don't if you really don't want to yeah when when thing I really like about your approach is that you're not very um, dogmatic about it. You're not very preachy about it. You're not, you know, one of those scary vegans. Vegans, vegan, the word vegan has gotten a bad reputation for a lot of people just being overzealous and trying to like make people come over to our side and all of this. I noticed that you're not like that at all. You're just happy to be a, a plant lover and anybody can come on board. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's one thing I do say that at Veggie Save the Day, everyone is welcome. You know, mm-hmm. I know that even though I'm vegan, like I certainly don't expect other people to be. Um, so, you know, a lot of the people that make my recipes are just people that want to incorporate more plants into their lifestyle. And I think that's absolutely fantastic because, you know, not only is it good for your health, but it's also good for the environment. And so there's just so many benefits benefits of, you know, eating less meat and more vegetables. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. Did you notice a transformation pers- personally in your life and your running once you made the switch? Well, one thing I did notice is that my recovery time diminished. So mm. it used to take me longer to recover, especially from those 20 milers. But once I switched to a plant-based diet, um, it didn't take me as long to recover. And I have heard other people say that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I know that you have a little freebie for our guests, um, or our listeners. Can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah, I think that everyone is really going to enjoy it. It's a free guide that I put together called Instant Flavor. And this will answer all your questions about how to make your plant-based meals more flavorful. So it's a basic um, four-step process. And you can grab this Instant Flavor guide by visiting my website at VeggieSaveTheDay.com. Perfect. And we will have that all in our show notes. So just uh, look for that if you are interested. Well, Amy, I think that's a perfect place to wrap this up. I really appreciate you coming on The Planted Runner today. Thanks, Claire. It's been my pleasure. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is change the scenery to change your mind. Many runners get caught up with the familiar. We run the same routes, the same time of day, over and over. While routine can give us a sense of comfort and control, it can also be unmotivating to do the same run again and again, especially when you're not feeling it. 
So when you don't feel like running, but you know you'll feel better if you do, change the scenery. If you're a road runner, try a trail run. If you're a trail runner, hit the track. Try a different route or even just try running your usual loop in the opposite direction. A little mixing up of your usual routine can make your run feel fresh and interesting again. After all, you can't rely on motivation or a good mood to get you out the door every day. Sometimes running something new can make you feel new again. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next, because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs> 